Welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here back with the second part of a two-part series I started last week, giving my mid-season grades for all 30 teams across the NBA. Last week, I did the Eastern Conference, rattling through 15 teams there. Today, the second part of that series, where I cross over to the Western Conference. Very, very excited to get into that one. Had a heap of fun last week doing the East. Had a heap of fun during the week actually engaging with you guys who tuned into that one and hearing your thoughts on my takes. What I got right, what I got wrong. Uh, Loved the contrasting opinions. Loved where you guys actually thought that some of these teams were poised. So be sure to keep it coming this week. Get involved. Hit me up on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok at The Daily Dribble uh, to talk all things ball. I love it. You know, I, I say it week in and week out. I love t- talking basketball. I love talking with you guys who tune into the show week in and week out. So I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on this one as well. I'll just little, make a little quick note before we get into it. I don't want to stand on ceremony too long today. I did these notes as of Thursday. Today, recording on Sunday. Uh, went away on a bit of a camping trip over the weekend. Hence, tried to get the notes done pretty early during the week. So don't hold it against me if any of these stats, any of these standings, any of the kind of things I mentioned have changed a little bit throughout the course of the last couple of days. Because as we know in the NBA, things move very, very quickly. So let's get into it. Um, Just as a final point, using the grading here in Australia, you know, you could be listening. I have listeners all over the, all around the world, I think. We've kind of reached into, I think it's around 40 countries here at the Daily Dribble, which is super exciting. But here in Australia, our grading system for school C is a pass, C plus and beyond is is a positive, whereas C minus and below is a negative, C being the neutral point there. I'll be using that today in my grading, so just to give you guys a bit of an idea of where, where things are situated. Okay, let's get into it. Going to start with the Dallas Mavericks. I've given a C plus. The Mavs just continue to knock on the door of being a genuine threat. Now, not only within the West, but also within the NBA being a genuine threat. And that's just purely based on how good Luka is. Luka Doncic is all-time. Now, I've been banging on a bit about it over the course of the last probably month or so, but we need to appreciate how great he is. And he's, he's honestly performing at an MVP level. Certainly feasible that he will he'll be holding the award at the end of the year if the Mavs can continue on their merry way. You just need the strong number two. Uh, now, that, that should be Kyrie Irving. Pending he can stay on the court. Currently missing a bit of time at the moment, but if he can just get some consistent reps with Luca, I think they could go, to be honest, all the way. I think they're a dark horse championship contender. Derek Lively has been a revelation, whilst Tim Hardaway's doing great bench production at the minute. Probably a sneaky sixth man of the year candidate there. Um, whilst Grant Williams has been a very handy pickup there from the Celtics as well. They feel in and around the mix, probably just a slight step off the top tier of actual genuine contenders. But should Kyrie come back, be fit, be healthy for the second half of the season and into the postseason, as I said, I think they're a dark horse championship contender. And that's just purely how good Luka is. He can carry this team all the way, I think. And uh, don't be surprised to see him with an MVP award and potentially a deep postseason run. Again, as I said, pending Kyrie coming back fit and healthy, uh, exciting things happening there in Dallas. So I've given them a C plus, C plus, not a C plus. Nobody wants that. A C plus up until this point in time, but uh, very excited for what they could do in the latter half of the season. Let's move ahead to the Denver Nuggets. I've given a B grading. 
the reigning defending champs of the NBA just seem to be cruising along at the moment. They're in a really strong position in the West. And to be honest, they don't really look like they've gotten out of first gear, which is just a testament to how good they are. Now, they're in such a great position. With the way their roster's constructed and that starting five, they are poised to be a genuine, genuine chance at back-to-back titles. Only concern is, I think, is that a lot of teams within the league, and within the West as well for that matter, have gotten considerably better. We look at the Clippers, we look at Phoenix in particular, those two heavy hitters there, big, big upgrades in the off-season to their rosters. That's the only, I guess, concern for the Nuggets at the moment because for the most part, their roster's pretty intact. They've been incredibly strong at home this season, still reasonably solid on the road. Uh, so wrapping up a position, though, in the in the top couple would just be super advantageous to give them home court for parts throughout the postseason. For me, though, it's just keep on keeping on for the Nuggets. Ensure that that starting five remains healthy. Ensure that Jokic is locked in. Uh, he doesn't have to be at the moment, but towards the, the latter end of the, the regular season and postseason, keep him engaged, keep him happy. Um, this this team, a serious, serious, serious back-to-back chance. Doesn't happen too often within the NBA, but they are that good. Jokic is that good. And I think I saw something um, something earlier today, it might have been, that he's he's kind of leapt up the standings for the MVP award. So don't be surprised to see, see him uh, claim another one there. Pushing ahead to the Golden State Warriors, I've given them a D grading. <sighs> Things have just not gone according to plan so far for the Warriors. It's as simple as that. They've had untimely injuries to Chris Paul and other players, cough, Draymond Green, cough, cough, um, missing time for stupid things as well. But they just look a little bit of a step off the mark. Steph Curry still one of the top players within the league, undoubtedly, when he's firing. So I certainly wouldn't count them out. But for me, the big thing for them is just settling on a lineup. I've seen so many iterations, so many different combinations. Steve Kerr's tried every plausible combination, I think, of players under the sun for the starting lineup and just hasn't been able to settle on anything as of yet. Uh, seems like they're finding a little bit of continuity now with Jonathan Kaminga in a starting role, which he's looked fantastic in as of late. And Brandon Pazemski, I get I get it wrong every time. I was looking up Pazemski, yep. Um, he's, he's been a shining light as well. Had a bit of a, a run in the starting lineup, but moving to a bench role lately. Uh, they look a little more settled now, but for me... I wouldn't count them out. They're still in and around the mix to make a play and run. But settle on that lineup. Get better at winning close games. They went down last week to Sacramento and the Lakers, both by a solitary point there. But where they're positioned to losing these close games and losing you know, back-to-back games by a single point, that certainly hurts them. So they've got a two-part process. Settle on the lineup and get better at closing out games. If they can get that sorted, don't count don't count them out. With the championship pedigree that they hold there and Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green in particular, uh, there's certainly a, a team still to be feared. The Houston Rockets, I've given a C plus. They're hanging tough in a pretty stacked Western Conference, you'd say. Certainly, you know, surpassed my expectations. Uh, and those off-season acquisitions of Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet, um, have certainly helped add a bit of experience, a bit of bit of competency, you would say, um, and just a little bit of leadership to what was a pretty young team. Alperen Sengun, though, he is the man. And alongside Jalen Green, I think he's going to set 
they're well, they're both going to set the foundations for big things over the coming years there in Houston. I think a very exciting, dynamic young duo that um, you know they they're going to be a real handful for teams. I think over the next decade, it's great having Sengun. He's a big that's dynamic enough to get up and up and down across both ends of the court. Um, I'm super excited about what his ceiling could be and already displaying huge, huge, huge potential there. Um, a very hot commodity at the moment. For the rest of this season, they're going to be a plucky team to the end as they compete for a playing spot. We saw the other day that they're kind of a, um, you don't quite know what you're going to get on any given day. They have lapses in concentration and lose games they should probably win. But then the other day, they absolutely blew out the Lakers. So they're certainly not a team to be taken lightly. I think making the play-in would be a really positive step for them and then build on that for next season. So I've given them a C+. The LA Clippers get an A- minus for me. They started the season very, very slowly, and there was certainly a fair bit of apprehension about that James Harden trade. Yet it's, uh, since, that, since that point in time, after a couple of games in, it's been a complete flip of the switch. With Russ moving to the bench, Harden finding some consistency, Kawhi staying on the court, they are looking all business at the moment. With that starting lineup consisting of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden, that's about as good as it gets within the league. That is top-notch offensive firepower right there. Uh, The big point of concern is still certainly those injury concerns that hang over quite a lot of those players. But at the moment, they are looking very, very formidable. If they can stay healthy, I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see them clinch possibly the number one seed. And then from there, they could be a real, real handful in the playoffs. Now, since that, uh, since they made the actual move for PJ and Kawhi a couple of seasons ago, we've kind of been um, waiting, waiting for this moment, it would seem, where they're a genuine, genuine threat. They've always just struggled with injuries, struggled with staying on the court. But so far, so good at the moment. So... Uh, Watch out there. The, uh, the Clippers look like the dominant force in, the, uh, in L.A. at the moment. Moving ahead to the other team residing in L.A., the L.A. Lakers. I've given a D, and it pained me to do it. But how long can we keep relying on a 39-year-old to carry this team night in and night out? It either speaks to how good LeBron is or how inconsistent everybody else is. Now, as of late, D'Angelo Russell... Uh, maybe because he's been in quite a lot of trade rumours. He's uh, he's stepped up as of late, putting in big, big points on the offensive end. But he just has lapses in concentration. He's uh, some pretty untimely shots on timely turnovers. He's, he's a name, as I said, heavily discussed in trade rumours at the minute. We'll see how that plays out with about a week to go till the trade deadline. But they're just, again, I spoke a little bit about it with the Rockets, but they're a real Jekyll and Hyde team. You honestly don't know what you're going to get on any given night. Now, they clutched up with a double OT winner the other week against the Warriors, um, only to get smashed out a couple of nights later by the Rockets. They just, I, I, as, a, as a Lakers fan, like it honestly pains me because they have such great, like the other day we saw it was, uh, <coughs> pardon me, against Celtics. They were very undermanned with both LeBron AD sitting out and they somehow rolled the Celtics pretty comprehensively as well. Like, and yet they'll probably play the Grizzlies next and, and get thumped by 30. Uh, that just shows where they're at it at the minute. I would think moves are coming in the next couple of days, so we'll certainly keep you posted on that as it plays out. But um, 
yeah, just very, very inconsistent. Need to start having more consistency from players, AD, D'Lo, Reeves, pretty much anyone that's not LeBron at this point. Uh, you've got to kind of almost wrap him in cotton wool, save him, save his best basketball for when it matters later on in the season. Because uh, at the minute, they're still super, super reliant on him. The Memphis Grizzlies, I've given a D minus. Sometimes you just can't help the cards you dealt with. Now, Jar missing the first 25 games didn't exactly help them. Injuries to the nth degree, Jar, Bain, Adam, etc., etc., etc. They've probably been the team hit hardest in that regard. So it's been a disappointing season. Nevertheless, hopefully this year off enables some of these other younger players to get really high quality reps, the Roddies and Conchars of the world, uh, to see if they're going to fit with the Grizzlies' plans, you know, moving forward. But essentially, I, w- I won't speak too long about them. At D minus, looking ahead, looking ahead to season 2024, 2025 at this point in time, because this one's a wrap. And again, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when you get the amount of injuries they've had. It doesn't make it easy. So I, you know, respect that they're playing hard night in and night out with what they've got. But it's uh, those players are just a step off the pace at the moment. The Minnesota Timberwolves, I've given a B plus. In terms of a record and standings, they've certainly surpassed my expectations. Yet there's something I just can't buy into with this team. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. Maybe it's Gobert. Maybe it's Towns. I'm not a huge fan of either of them. Um, I just can't quite place my finger on what it is, but I'm just not buying into this team as a legitimate threat within the West. Uh, I'm super high on Anthony Edwards, though. He's definitely the guy you put your stocks to in this franchise, averaging 26 points, five rebounds, five assists, and just plays with a great swagger, energy, and enthusiasm. There's just something really likable about him. Um, so it would be great for them as a franchise to try and wrap, wrap up the number one seed if they could. Certainly, they would be hoping that this is the season they can make it past the first round. But for me, I, you know, despite their, their strong standing position at the moment, there's, I'm, I'm not buying into them. I think they'll probably get turfed first round, second at absolute best. Um, but more than happy to be proven wrong. See how that one plays out. The Pelicans are a C. Uh, They're probably about where I expected them to be at. Not a genuine contender, but you wouldn't want to play them on any given night. I think rookie Jordan Hawkins, he's had some really fun moments with his shooting shooting ability from behind the arc. Um, Yet again, another team kind of not too dissimilar from the Mavs. They just feel that, that little move, that little step off the pace at the moment. A lot of their team as well have injury history, injury concerns, which sways me from buying into them too much as well. Yet they would certainly be hoping to lock in a a guaranteed playoff spot, top six there, if they could. Uh, But for me, they probably feel more like a bit of a playing team. So I've given them a C. OKC, they receive an A grading. Now, I love the Thunder at the moment. I keep saying it time in and time out, but they're a team built for the next decade. They're also showing, though, they're a team for the future. They're not only a team for the future, they're a team for the present. Their future is so incredibly bright, especially with a player at the caliber of SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander leading them at the helm there. Uh, He's certainly an MVP conversation, averaging 31 points, five and a half rebounds, 
six and a half assists. I was doing it at nearly 55% from the field. Just tremendous. I think Shet in his rookie campaign has been fantastic and has certainly been worth the wait. Just offers them a huge presence on both ends of the floor. Um, plus, it's a great outlet for Josh Giddy with his passing ability. Super, super, super fun to see how far they can go this season, regardless of how it plays out um, in their postseason run. They are a team that's going to be very exciting over the next couple of seasons and are only going to get better. Things are looking incredibly bright in OKC at the moment. Like As I said, the, the draft assets that they currently have, with the roster, combined with the roster that they possess, they're probably the team poised best for the next five to ten years, you would say. Great stuff there. Great stuff there. Moving ahead to the Phoenix Suns, I've given a B-. minus. When everyone is fit and healthy, this team is going to be a serious, serious problem. It's great to see Bradley Beal back and playing and playing consistently. Whilst Devin Booker has been on an absolute tear as of late, on the season averaging 28.5 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. With that, it's meant that KD has been a little bit quieter from an offensive box score standpoint. Yet they won't mind that, I don't think. As long as the winds are still mounting up, so long as he's the guy, or one of, still you know playing at a KD level in the postseason, they'll be more than happy with how things are going. Only little worry for them is my, my faith in their depth isn't great. I think they're relying on Eric Gordon and Josh Kogi being the main punch within that. But so long as everyone's fit and healthy, they should be, again, another team poised for a deep postseason run. I think key to ensuring, or key in you know making that come true, is finishing in a guaranteed playoff spot. At the moment, they're in a bit of a dogfight with the Mavs, with the Pelicans for that final playoff spot. Uh, they won't want to leave anything to chance and have to go that playing route. So if they can lock up a position in the top six, watch out. Because, uh, yeah, somewhat like the Clippers, another team when everyone's fit and firing. Very, very scary proposition there. Moving ahead to the Blazers, I've given a C-. minus. A team that I held a little hope for. Or to be honest, I probably held a little higher hope than, than most people. Didn't help when Rob Williams went down with the season-ending injury straight away. Uh, Anthony Simons, DeAndre Ayton, Jeremy Grant have all missed time as well, which hasn't helped... Know their overall standings and record, um, you know, point of view there. Yeah, they have been plucky at times, and unearthing Duop Reith has been fantastic to see. A fellow Aussie, seen him do big things over there at the minute, getting getting great minutes as well and, and great production. Uh, Scoot Henderson has been hit and miss a little bit so far, which is kind of part of the process of being a rookie. Yet he just needs to find some consistency now as well. Seen his highs. Um, no more so than yesterday against the Nuggets. That dropped, I think it was 30-odd points. Um, his highs are really high, but his lows are really low as well. So if we can just find a little bit more of a middle ground with Scoot, fantastic there. Not a team that's going to make any noise themselves this season, yet I think they could boil some other teams' hopes as the race for the playoffs start to really tighten up in that that latter, latter stages of the season. So... Um, yeah, I'd keep an eye on Portland to be a bit of a foil in some teams' plans. Guys, we've got three teams to go. Let's go with the Sacramento Kings. I've given a C plus. Despite the Kings' strong position in the West, they are living very, very dangerously. Now, across both conferences, with the 12 teams that currently reside in guaranteed playoff spots, they have the worst point differential out of any of these teams at, at plus 0.9. 
This meaning that they're having far, far more closer matchups than they would probably like. Uh, and I think it's, you know, for, for them to make some noise this postseason, locking up a guaranteed playoff spot is a must as well. <laughs> Somewhat like the Phoenix Suns, they're a team, the Kings, that probably wouldn't want to have to leave things to chance going that plain route. Uh, and to be honest, locking up a playoff spot should probably be the expectation for them, given the success of last season and how they've started this season. Loving what the Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis there are doing. Uh, they just need to keep putting runs on the board. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see how their style of play transitions into playoff basketball. Here's hoping we get to see it. You know, promising signs so far. Just got to keep that momentum going. C-plus there for the Kings. Two teams to go, the San Antonio Spurs. Now, for the Spurs, there wasn't really any excitement for the, this team this season outside of what was going to come from Victor Wembenyama. He has certainly delivered thus far, though. Despite the team being pretty comfortably on the bottom of the Western Conference, Wemby is probably the frontrunner for the Rookie of the Year award. Averaging 20.5 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 blocks, and 1 steal per game, he is must-watch TV. Outside of him, though, there's not, you know, there's nothing really else exciting happening on this team, which is a shame. But at least we're getting a really high-quality Wemby. Um, hence the C grading, kind of nothing more than what I expected, nothing less. They just get that pass mark at the moment. Last and certainly not least, the Utah Jazz. I've given a C plus. Spoken a bit about them over the last couple of weeks, so I'll keep it pretty brief. But they're just a, they're quite a fun, exciting team. Now they've stumbled upon a winning formula, it would seem, by sending Jordan Clarkson back to the bench and starting John Collins as their small ball five. Don't really know how far this iteration of this team could go, but again, kind of similar like the Blazers, but probably to a higher standard. The Jazz could play foil to quite a lot of teams' plans this season. Outside of you know potentially making the plane, they've done a great job in increasing the value of trade candidates um, Clarkson and Laurie Markkinen. Uh, I could see the Warriors and Rockets potentially mowing them down for that final playing spot, but there's also nothing to suggest that they couldn't hold on at this point in time, which for, I guess, what people were expecting would be a pretty tremendous achievement. So very well done to the Jazz, I think, at this point. Um, can they keep it going? Will it halt? Time will tell, but uh, yeah, just a really fun team there. Guys, there you have it. There's a Western Conference ripped through all 15 teams pretty quickly there today. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you, whether you agree or disagree, I'd love to hear from you guys what you thought of my gradings there. As I say, hit me up on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok at The Daily Dribble there. <laughs> Pardon me. A couple of, couple of frogs in the throat there, so that's probably my cue to wrap this one up. Subscribe wherever you listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you're watching this one on YouTube. And until next week, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. Thanks for tuning in to the two-part series. I can't wait to speak to you guys again next week. Till then, take care.